help us tell stories about living on this earth. Please make your charitable contribution today at LOE.org. The U.S. government recently released a draft of its third national climate assessment, saying that human activity is the primary cause of climate change. The report warns that if emissions go unchecked, global temperatures could rise as much as 10 degrees by the end of the century. It also details the impacts global warming is expected to have and has already had on American lives. Carol Browner is a distinguished senior fellow at the Center for American Progress. A former head of the EPA, she served President Obama for two years as the director of the White House Office of Energy and Climate Change Policy. Welcome to Living on Earth. Thank you. So, Carol Browner, what's most important about this assessment? Well, I think what this assessment tells us yet again is that uh, something is happening. Something quite dramatic is happening, something that uh, requires our attention. It's getting hotter. The storms are getting worse. And there's a huge amount of scientific consensus about the need for action. The report seemed to amp up the certainty, though, from uh, earlier versions talked about very likely to, hey, humans really are the principal cause. What do you make of that? I, I think that's right. I think that the you know the scientists do what scientists do. They continue to study, and this time what they're saying to us is the science is even clearer that it is human activities that are contributing to these changes in the climate and that we need to uh, do something. Now, obviously, this is a draft assessment. Um, it will be subjected to you know public comment, and then they'll issue a final report. But it seems highly likely that the final report will really take this very significant step of saying that the science is just increasingly clear and that we need to act. What immediate action do President Obama and the Congress need to take on climate change given the findings of this comprehensive report? Well, I think it's important to know the president has taken some action, certainly the work he did with the car companies to uh, establish the first ever greenhouse gas emissions, the fuel efficiency standards, you know, hugely important in terms of uh, getting some reductions in that industry. Um, I think the next step is obviously smokestacks in there. The administration has proposed standards for new smokestacks, new, you know, power plants, uh, but I think the real issue are the existing power plants. And I think we will see the administration propose something and, and the EPA take action and uh, the degree to which we can achieve real and measurable reductions from fossil fuel burning power plants will be important in terms of starting to bend down, if you will, the level of emissions. There's uh, one call for action uh, for the president from advocates who say that the Keystone XL pipeline should not go forward. That would move the produce of tar sands uh, into the market and into the atmosphere and would have, they say, a, a strong effect on climate disruption. What sense does it make for the federal government uh, to support this project, given this climate assessment's uh, predictions? You know, the question in front of the administration is the actual siting of the pipeline. And, you know, I suspect that uh, the State Department, who has ultimate decision-making, will look very, very carefully at the sites that have been proposed. But, you know, the, the concerns that the activists raise are legitimate concerns, which is we're going to take a fuel that will only contribute to greenhouse gas emissions and extract it and ship it. The activists are, are pointing to the Keystone XL pipeline controversy as a litmus test for the president. They say if he's really serious about addressing climate change, he won't uh, let his administration go forward with facilitating the extraction of tar sands. 
I, I don't know that a, one single decision is, is a litmus test. I think you have to look at, you know, what he's done, what he is prepared to do. I think that this is a president who has believed that we have a real opportunity to change our energy, that we create a clean energy future. We've seen huge investments in, in renewables. We've seen growth in renewables. Obviously, all of us would like to go more quickly, uh, but we are starting to make measurable progress, and I think the president will do more things in his second term. So if you were still at the White House uh, running energy and climate policy, what would you say the United States now has to do to protect its people and economy from what's coming in terms of climate disruption? Well, I think we have to do two things. One, we have to continue to reduce um, emissions. I think we also have to begin a very serious and thoughtful conversation about resiliency and adaptation. You know, I would prefer we didn't get to this place, but the reality is we need to begin to think through, and storms like Sandy are certainly reminders, you know, how do we redevelop in the case of Sandy Rebuild? Uh, how do we develop into the future to ensure that what we now understand are likely to be a climate impact won't cause us to invest poorly, uh, but rather that we think about these challenges and we invest accordingly. So, for example, you don't build in a floodplain. You don't destroy the marshes in a floodplain because those marshes actually do a really good job of absorbing the storm surge. You know, nature's pretty good at helping itself if we allow it to. The report points out that there are synergies in dealing with these problems. For example, long-term emissions reductions may not feel like it has an immediate payoff, but if it comes in the form of reducing pollution, say, from power plants, there's an immediate impact on human health. How do you think the administration should frame these choices, particularly in these times of tight budget constraints? Well, I think that's that's exactly right, that when we reduce um, emissions from smokestacks, when we reduce emissions from tailpipes, not only will we see climate benefits, but we'll also see public health benefits. So, for example, one of the things the administration uh, did, one of the things Lisa Jackson did, was set a new fine particle standard. Uh, what we know is little tiny fine particles are very dangerous, particularly for older Americans. They can contribute to premature deaths. They're a byproduct of burning fossil fuels in many instances. And so the degree to which we're reducing the use of fossil fuels, which we're reducing emissions associated with fossil fuels, those reductions have immediate, real, and measurable consequences, in this case, particularly older Americans. Lamar Smith, who is a Republican from Texas, he chairs the House Science, Space, and Technology Committee, said after this report uh, came out that he believes that climate change is due to a combination of factors, including natural cycles, sunspots, and human activity, but scientists still don't know for certain how much each of these factors contribute to overall climate change that the Earth is experiencing. In other words, we're not certain that there's a problem here. This is a political problem to go ahead. How do you deal with it? Look, maybe you don't believe climate change is real, okay? I think it's real. The president thinks it's real. But that doesn't mean there aren't other reasons to be doing this. You know, there is a green energy revolution in the world. There is no reason why the United States can't be at the forefront of that, why we can't be making the best technologies, creating the jobs here in the United States, and shipping that technology around the world. Carol Browner was the climate czar for the Obama administration, is now a distinguished senior fellow at the Center for American Progress in Washington. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you.